Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And it's episode 161. We're talking... Wow. <laughs> Grandpappy. <laughs> Grandpappy by Patrick C. Harrison III. And the film, We're All Going to the World's Fair. But before we get into that, what's up with you, Brian? Uh, not too much. Just rocking and rolling and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say out of 161 episodes, probably 40 of them have had that response. Uh, I was going to say that you've actually had something to do. No, no, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Most of the time, I, it's not like I don't do anything, but yeah, I don't talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- I've been so damn busy lately. It's been nuts. Uh, including, like, I was going to take my dog to the vet today. Went out to my car, popped a tire. I'm like, ah, oh, well, that sucks okay? twice. Oh, yeah, he just needs shots. We got to board him. Get that get that Moderna. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he's a Johnson & Johnson pup. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, no, nah, it, it's just been crazy lately. Oh, my yeah. God. But, uh, yeah, I started watching The Baby on HBO Max. Yeah, I heard, I heard you talking about that. <laughs> it's it's interesting other than the fact that it seems to be the same plot of sour candy by keelan patrick burke mm-hmm. which is a book that i loved but i read on a plane and uh i mean that, there's no but i was about to say <laughs> Love, that, that and paint it one way or the other <laughs> but i read on a plane so fuck it forever uh, <laughs> you know how i am with planes uh yeah no, uh, no, like this woman finds this baby, and every time like she tries to get rid of it, it like kills other people. And then people are like, "What are you talking about?" Like her close friends are like, "What are you talking about? That's your baby. You've always had that yeah. baby, you know." And that's about it. I mean, I I'm only three episodes in. I think it's I don't know, thirty. <laughs> no, it's like eight episodes. It's British, so. It's one of those that they uh, picked up. HBO picked up the right the British, so it's one of those <laughs> movies where they know when to end it for that TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. So um, watch that. You see anything good lately? Uh, you know, like I actually had, but I forgot what it was by the time that we're that we're watching this stuff, um, or that we're doing this. I mean. I guess it wasn't anything that memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been uh, doing a lot I mean, of... I guess oh, Stranger Things. I watched the new season of Stranger Things. That I hear good. it's amazing. Yeah. I, well, the, I've heard the first part of it sucked, and then it gets amazing. Is that right? That's that's actually exactly how I feel. At first, I was like, eh. And then by the end of the, because it's only one half so far of the season, uh-huh. but by by that mid season finale, I was like, "This is the best season ever." Yeah, it gets real dark, right? Like darker than the other ones, or nay? Um, Still kind of a. It honestly feels like um, they kind of like someone had pitched a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street TV show, and then it didn't get green lit. And they just retooled it into Stranger Things four. <laughs> I could see that uh, is is really what it feels like. And they even like name drop it, and like Robert England's in there. <laughs> huh. Yeah, 
Um, they like name drop Freddy Krueger at one point. Speaking of Freddy Krueger, Jason Blum from Blumhouse is. Did you read about that? Or yeah, say about that where he's wanting to. He thinks he can get uh, Robert Englund back. Which that's I not the first time I've heard him say that either. Somebody on TikTok. I wish I had uh, gotten the guy's name. He was like. I think this is a bad, it's a misstep. It's it's just a way to get one more sequel with their real guy instead of rebooting it. We need a yeah. re- reboot of a series, a franchise reboot, not just a one-off. Yeah. And he was like, and think about it, get Johnny Depp. He was like, Johnny Depp started oh, with, great. with uh, he's like, he started with Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, obviously, he's probably affordable right now. <laughs> and, and, and also, like, you know, like... Can can he do scary, though? I think he could. Because, I mean, like, the the most scary thing I can think of that he was in is, what, Dark Shadows? Yeah. Maybe he can't. Maybe he's just too fucking whimsical. <laughs> there we go. Maybe the world needs a whimsical Freddy Krueger. Well, he was kind of whimsical in the sequel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Robert England has talked about wanting Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think Kevin Bacon will be way better than Johnny Depp. Oh, he'd be amazing. Yeah, but whatever. I- I'd watch any of it. I watched one with Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> oh no, I mean I'm still excited about it. Yeah. I got you. Dude, I watched Dashcam, the Rob Savage's follow-up to Host. I don't recommend it. It's got the worst (laughs) worst protagonist uh, I've ever seen, and she plays herself. I know we talked about this in the group chat. Yeah. Yeah. In in multiple group chats. Like, literally, (laughs) literally, she just, she takes any element of suspense out of it just by being like, oh, shit on my face, oh, like yeah. how do you like maybe once that might be like a funny line to do something in the height of tension but no just saying stuff like that over and over all movie sucks maybe maybe they're trying to market that as a catchphrase <laughs> they're gonna put like on t-shirts like shit on my face on like, the t-shirt i've seen that movie <laughs> movie um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah i don't recommend it i wanted to like it and also it was like you know how a host um, was kind of like a tapestry? Like, obviously, there's things that, you know, plot-wise made sense. But toward the end, it just kind of gets kind of crazy. This one... Yeah, it goes off the rails. Yeah, this one never bothers to explain any of it. Uh-huh. So, at least we know that, you know, in host, it was a seance that went wrong and all this stuff. It never explains any of it. And it's like, you're not even sure, like, what the hell she's fighting against. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. It, was, it, it wasn't it was good. But I, I think that, you know, a lot of that could be that uh, I feel like they just kind of rushed this whole thing. You know, it was like, oh, you're the next big thing. And let's get you a movie out in a year. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I honestly feel like it might have been a little rushed, too, because he's doing, like... He's got a couple of other movies on the slate, too. Yeah. He's doing an uh, adaptation of uh, Stephen King's The Boogeyman. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Call I mean, it's that. it's probably going to be completely different than the story. Because like, I don't think you could do that 
the way have you ever read it <laughs> oh yeah i love the yeah. boogeyman <laughs> i mean i don't think you could really film it that way you could if you made it tonally like frailty okay but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's you know probably where a lot of the that's, effort is going towards that's like stephen king at his rl steiniest I know. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> I love it, though. I think it's actually one of his scarier things. I mean, like, I, I, I could see that. As, didn't you say, like, you read that one, like, like right after you, like, became a dad and stuff, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it I never really bothered me until, like, in the middle of the night, like, rocking, trying to rock the kid to sleep in the nursery. And it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> Especially that particular nursery at that particular house. There's something uh-huh. going on there. But we'll save that for a spooky cast. Which doesn't exist. No. Don't get your hopes up. Well, maybe that two dads and a millennium, millennial crossover. Uh, yeah. Maybe. But. If that ever happens. Um. Okay, so I've got a I've got a couple things. One of them is really really quick. I thought you were gonna say I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it has been fun. <laughs> uh, five stars and one star. You get to decide which one is which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I'm just saying like that. I have to go, and those are my ratings. <laughs> but I'm not gonna tell you which one or which. <laughs> um. Okay. So the the first speaking of remakes and stuff from a little while ago, um, the first pictures of like Rob Zombie's monsters is coming out. Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? Yeah, yeah, I've seen them. I, I, I saw the teaser trailer too. I'm not sure. Well, <clears throat> I haven't seen the teaser trailer, but I'm just looking at like I'm not sure how I feel about all of it, uh, Herman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I will. I will say, the grandpa though looks amazing and cherry moon doesn't look bad yeah. in this yeah. role like <clears throat> yeah i'm normally i'm like oh cool sherry moon zombie because Rob, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like she's just never in anything else and it's kind of annoying but whatever yeah hey nepotism's a motherfucker right i mean yeah <laughs> anyway but yeah i don't know i don't know I'm gonna watch it though. I, like whatever, I wouldn't probably wasn't gonna do anything else that weekend, but I'll bet it goes straight to VOD. <laughs> probably. It seems crappy. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. Anyway, did you see uh the that d- documentary about Guar coming out? Yeah, and did you know uh, who part of the creative team doing it is? Who? Scar Bar- Scott from Next to Nothing. Band what? we used to play with, yeah. Yeah, he's like involved Scott Barber. Hold oh on. yeah. It says Guar is directed by Scott Barber. Yeah, so singer of Next to Nothing. Wow. Yeah. Wait a minute. Huh. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah, it's That's... coming to Shudder. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I, I want to watch it. Gore seems like a great uh, great subject for a documentary. Yeah. It, one of two ways, though. Only if they're being super candid. 
Or if they never break, <laughs> if they never break character, anywhere in the well, middle is going to be weird. Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's really open. Is what it feels like. I would think you know, so. Since Dave Brocky died, like there's no reason to not be kind of open about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm excited super pumped about it. though. War is like the best live show. Ever, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're amazing. <laughs> Although I hadn't seen them since two thousand four. Nah, I haven't seen them in a long time either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched uh, Studio Six Six Six. I think. Speaking of a band, yes. Speaking, <laughs> yeah, dude, I loved it. I was so surprised because I thought it, it, it kind of looked crappy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I probably won't edit that out. But <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I was so surprised. Like it was so good. It wasn't okay, it wasn't good, but but, <laughs> but it was you liked it. A hundred percent up my alley. And there was yeah. one thing that made me laugh so hard. Well, a few things. One, Pat Smear kept always was just eating chips in the alley behind their house. And later he goes, Yeah, I saw him. I was I was out back eating chips in the alley. And they're like, Yeah, big fucking surprise. Because like three times he, he had been just like eating chips in the alley. And then uh, later, it was such a small joke, but it made me laugh so hard. Like, uh, their keyboardist, which I didn't even know Foo Fighters had a keyboardist. I'm not a big Foo Fighters fan, but, you know, they all be, seem like nice guys. It might be more, like, recent. Well, yeah, this guy's in the Foo Fighters, because I Googled yeah, cause it. I mean, like, it's like Green Day has five people now. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy, uh, so, anyway, he was, like, always trying to, trying to bang the neighbor who was Whitney Cummings. And mm-hmm. um, so... He was like, yeah, uh, I got to give her my signal. And he's like, it makes like a perfect bird sound. And then Pat Smear was like, wait, that's that was you. (laughs) Like just all the birds in the background. The rest of the time was him. (laughs) (laughs) It it was so dumb. But yeah, it was uh, it was good. Surprisingly dark, really gory. Um, Just a fun movie. The only thing cool. that kind of bum like is kind of a bummer is now that Taylor Hawkins is dead. It's kind of like, hmm, <laughs> it <laughs> kind of throws a little bit of a damper in. in yeah, it. but I mean, whatever. And it was cool that Dave Grohl was, you know, he was like the asshole of the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I thought it was just kind of funny that that they that they even made this movie, you know. Yeah, but. I enjoyed it. That's all I got, man. Awesome. What do you want to tackle first? A movie, I guess. All right. We'll be right back with our review of We're All Going to the World's Fair. All right, we're back. We're talking We're All Going to the World's Fair. Do Do you have the summary pulled up? Uh, for some reason, I, I looked at like I opened the Wikipedia page, and um, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot longer of a uh, plot than you would think, but uh, whatever. So uh, this is. Uh, Here, I, I got it. Okay, <laughs> you can so, tell when I'm trying to just bite time. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> 
So written and directed by Jane Schoenbrunn. Probably mispronouncing that. Uh, it says, alone in her attic bedroom, teenager Casey becomes immersed in an online role-playing horror game, wherein she begins to document the changes that may or may not be happening to her. Yeah, yeah. And so this looks like, you know, the, the trailer looked like it was a horror thing. And I'm not going to say that it's not, but it also is not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of a, a drama or coming of age drama, but like a sad coming of age drama, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, ironically, uh, the IMDb page lists it as um, 2021 American coming of age horror drama. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, well, damn, I'm good. Um, yeah. You can name genres. <laughs> <laughs> After watching 10,000 movies, <laughs> I'm able to name what genre they're in. Um, yeah. Um, oh God! I wonder how many movies I've watched. Easily in the thousands. Yeah. Especially during my coming of age years. I mean, you're you're old. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, it's like. But I used to watch like five a day. I know. For years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So yeah, that is the plot of this. Uh, you know, she. Yeah. This is like whenever Chris got really into the Cloverfield ARG. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was actually thinking of that. Like, this is what could have been. Um, and so, yeah, she's like, they do the World's Fair Challenge on YouTube, basically. Yeah. And Which involves just uh, saying, <laughs> pricking, your bl- like, pricking your finger and wiping blood all over your computer. And watching some video while saying we're all going to the world, or I want to go to the world's fair. Yeah. Which, okay, so I'm a sucker for, like, urban legends. Yeah. And I think that, like, creepypasta is just kind of the 21st century equivalent of, or, you know, the current iteration of Mm -hmm. urban legends. So, like, I was really, really excited uh, for this on just a thematic type level. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like, like we said... I wasn't expecting what what I got in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And this is one of the weirder uh, movies in terms of framework and plot and anything that I've seen in a while. Just because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really know as a viewer what we were supposed to get out of this. <laughs> but um, I will say that it was like really well acted uh, like the, oh yeah the the because it's essentially just one person for mm-hmm. most of it um there's uh technically two people um mm-hmm. that have like speaking roles in the movie but this is um this actress is anna cobb's first movie mm-hmm. or like first i think feature movie um and she did really really well um i mean the whole like I mean, I guess we really haven't said exactly what happens. It's like you do the World's Fair Challenge, and then bad stuff happens to you. Mm-hmm. Is supposed is supposedly what happens, and it's a it's a multi or uh, MMORPG sort of thing. But it's like you know, LARPing mm-hmm. is really what it is, and you know, there's a whole bunch of she watches a whole bunch of videos of like. 
people's skin falling off and, and like, you know, weird things and stuff that happened to them after um, they did the World's Fair thing. And so the whole movie is basically centered around what's happening to her after she does it. Yeah. And then this guy who becomes concerned about her. Um, But like, I don't know. There's something like really like, I guess haunting about her performance. Uh huh. Cause even at the very beginning, whenever she's like practicing her, her YouTube intro. Right. And she's, you know, just like, Hey everybody, it's Casey. Hi, it's Casey. You know, trying to do that. It's like, she's got like tears in her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the movie, it looked like she had that. She was just on the verge of like breaking down. Did you ever see eighth grade? I did not. The Bo Burnham Burnham movie? Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that. And also this movie reminded me a lot of Inside. What could have been Inside? Yeah. Just, you know, him going crazy in a room. Uh Um, But, uh, yeah, it it kind of... I mean, Eighth Grade is like a drama, comedy, sort of. Really awkward. Uh, But, you know, it's about kind of had the same type thing where a girl's just trying to practice putting on now in the, in, you know, we're all going to the world's fair. She's just kind of trying to document her experience in this, uh, this role playing game. Whereas in eighth grade, she's trying to like kind of vlog as if she's cooler than she is. Mm -hmm. And it's like sad because, you know, she'll look back, she'll put all this work into it and then she'll look back and it had like two views, you know? And so, um, <clears throat> which we can relate to on this podcast. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Every November when we did, when we call the listeners. Yeah, it's the only, <laughs> it's the only way, though. Um, <laughs> it's, it's to make sure that all the listeners we do have are strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, I don't know. It reminded me of that. She was very, very good in this role, and. Uh, the thing about it is there's a lot of dead air and a lot of, uh, if I'm being honest, kind of mm-hmm. boring parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of worked because the majority of the content is crap you would see on the internet. Yeah. And so, you know, there is a lot of crap on the internet. <laughs> so it kind of worked as far as that goes. So the limited budget were really i don't think that this film would have worked if it was like shot on film or something like that oh, you no. know um and, and honestly i think the ending is likely to piss off a lot of people as it kind of it, it completely changes a lot of the tone of the film but because of the ending i actually i felt the film was altogether like elevated mm-hmm. like that was a better ending. And it also leaves you questioning like one thing that was said in the very end and we'll take it offline. But one, if you didn't catch it, one thing that was said in the end kind of makes you question it almost. Uh, I felt a, a lot like when we left uh, Blair Witch after this was over uh-huh. in the sense that like it kind of lives in your head and turns better in your head yeah. than what like you actually permits. just. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, or the seed is planted, and and so yeah. anyway, it was just days before I was pricking my finger and saying where, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but like I mean, it was it was kind of it was kind of cool. I, I I really really liked it better than I thought I did when the film was over. Well, I mean, I actually was, I don't know, like there was something about it, and I think it actually might have been the the dead air that did it for me and like just how much of the the performance she carried like in her like facial gestures and stuff i was actually very like captivated with this movie you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like it, it it almost demanded my attention um but i i also was like cuz the whole time you know, you're like thinking, okay, this we're all going to the World's Fair thing is actually going to be something supernatural, right? Mm-hmm. Is what what I was thinking, you know. And then, you know, she starts watching some of the other videos of the other people and things. But then certain things she does, um, little little things that she does, it's like she's faking this for attention. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and then it's like, is she faking this for attention? You know, and and, and stuff. It's like, um, I'll, I'll say one that, that got me that just kind of, it's not a huge spoiler or anything like that, but um, where she's doing one, one of the very, very early videos after she does it outside, mm-hmm. right? And she's talking <clears throat> about how she had, and it's like, I don't know where it's set, somewhere up north, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's snowy and stuff like that. And she's like outside in a t-shirt and she's like, oh man, I can't even like, I don't feel my skin or anything. She's like, I'm not feeling cold at all or whatever. When she's doing this, she's like, I'm not having, like, I don't have any temperature. It's weird. Right. And then she puts the camera up and she grabs her jacket. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, wait a second. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, how, how much of this is, you know, um, how much of it is she faking? How much of it is actually real? Um, you know, do, is there a, some, you know, is there some other mental problem in here somewhere? Yeah. You know, um, and and I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I know? thought I thought it was really well made. Um, I. I think that this is probably it's honestly a a mumblecore movie like mm-hmm. and that alone is going to be polarizing to some people because you know if you're expecting like a popcorn film <laughs> you're not going to get it <laughs> uh, you know like nothing it it moves at a glacial pace and I mean the budget is the same as if you picked up your iPhone and started filming for the most part. Yeah, like it's very. I mean, very, there's a good chance that the actors and stuff had to pitch in for food. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I would say so. But um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I thought it was good, and I think honestly, it's something that I would give a second watch um mm-hmm. to see if I pick up some other things that I didn't at least initially catch. Yeah. Apparently, I was reading. Because I wanted to see if there was some something more to this, you know, if this was based on anything or what. And apparently the director, Jane Schoenbrunn, is uh, trans and 
this was like about dysphoria, gender dysphoria, but, okay. but mostly like their feelings about it yeah, and not really, you know, not actually comparing it to the world. Yeah. Story. It's a, it's a thematically or like not thematic. It's a, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think I think it had to do with like the thought of transitioning into something else, you know. Uh-huh. So anyway, I don't know. I mean, which, I mean, which which makes sense because if you looked at all the uh, the videos and stuff she watched about people, you had the the guy whose skin was falling off, and you had the girl who was turning into plastic. Yeah, and yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, anyway. I thought that was interesting. I didn't ca- or didn't know that until after watching it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if watching it with that in mind would have would have made anything kind of click. Kind of like listening to Against Me after, yeah. you know, after Laura Jane Grace had yeah. transitioned. It's like, oh, there were clues everywhere about. Uh, like, so I wonder if any of that uh, would have clicked. But I don't know. Kind of. Interesting, interesting take. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked it. I think I'm going to give this film a four out of five. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same exact thing. Um, I mean, it's not gonna it, it's it's not gonna be for everybody. <laughs> I mean, like t- it's hundred percent not gonna be for everyone. Um, but I think the you know if you're in if you're okay with <laughs> super low budget you know, very ambient movies, Uh then there's a lot to enjoy here. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah, I agree. Solid four. Cool. All right. We'll we'll be back with our review of Grandpappy by Patrick C. Harrison III. All right, we're back. We're talking Grandpappy by Patrick C. Harrison III. I don't know why, but the word Grandpappy always makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a interesting name, interesting title, interesting book with interesting cover art. <laughs> Ten stars. Um, <laughs> so, so, no, I mean, like, we're, we're friends with Patrick and... Uh, He's been on the podcast uh, quite a bit in the past. Yeah. Um, that said, I promise I will pull no punches in this review. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm not sure that honestly I was prepared <laughs> for this. Book. Well, I mean, did you read what his his author introduction? Uh, yeah, yeah. I read it. I read it. Something about like this book's not dedicated to anyone because he's not cruel enough to. <laughs> dedicate something to- <laughs> well i'm saying also that it's a di- direct response to womb oh yeah yeah um so yeah you weren't expecting something <laughs> well that you know there's always like especially in extreme horror there's there's a lot of like uh I don't want to say bluffing, but I've read 50 different books that are like, you can't, you're not prepared for what awaits, you know? And and same thing goes for horror films. Um, that said, yeah, this is, (laughs) (laughs) this book goes there. It's really, really messed up. Um, but But, but, okay. 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 I will say though, 
that the setup makes it all better. Oh, like, yeah. Y- it's not just... Like, the first thing that I would really even deem to be, like, super gross doesn't even happen until, like, the halfway point of the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, <laughs> and, like, lulls you in, you know? Yeah. Um. So the, the summary is Grandpappy is on hospice. Charles is going mad. Vile happenings are abound. You, the reader, are not prepared. This is your lesson in depravity. Um, and honestly, I, I wrote this down, that if anyone has any triggers or feelings about anything at all, you're going to be offended. <laughs> yeah, just feelings. You know, if you're a feeling person at all, you're going to be offended. Um, and... Uh, that said, I'm pretty sure that that was what he was going for. Um, and I actually, uh, I'll, I'll get back to it, but I'll, I'll tell you that, you know, when, when I was done reading this, uh, I sent him a text and he ended up using it as a pull quote on his Amazon, uh, you know, on Amazon, as far as quotes about the books, but other quotes, yeah. um, uh, probably my favorite quote was, well, that was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but my Annenbach, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was his quote. Um, but I, I'll get back to that after after uh, we're done reviewing. You know, as far as what I told him that got used as a quote. But I, I gotta yeah. say, you know, I've read everything. Maybe not some of the short stories, but I own all of his books. Um, I've read every. Thing basically, yeah, well, I think We've I've done read you on the show. Yeah, I think I've read pretty much. Yeah, I, I haven't read all his short stories. Uh, I take that back because I don't have the Bizarro uh, book. But um, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of Patrick Harrison, uh, and you know, we started uh, a few years ago when when he first caught on our radar. Um, was his first book? What was that in in? Uh, God, Hellbound and the Inferno, Hellbound and the Inferno Hounds. Is that was that the name? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're there's an extra word in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> uh, hold on, I know. Give me a second. Yeah, Keep it, it was. Uh, well, shit, it ain't in, it's not here. But anyway, uh, all I'm going to say is that, you know, I got to say this, this book was uh, a, the first book of his that I can remember being in first person. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was extremely well-written in terms of narrative, you know, not, yeah. not in terms of prose, but it, I mean, it wasn't bad in terms of prose, but what I'm saying is like, you're not looking at beautiful prose here. What you're looking at is like just sucking you into the story. Holy shit. Like, yeah, it, it is, it is such a, cause it, it's first person. Like you said, it is such a well done character. That it's like the voice and everything in it is so believable and so consistent. Hey, I got um, it now. Inferno Bound and the Hellhounds. There knew, you go. I knew something sounded wrong. And yeah, that was only in 2018. That was, I believe, his first book or his first, uh, you know, novella or novel. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So. But, yeah, you know, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, though, because 
you know, it's like it says Charles is going mad, right? Charles is our main character, Chuck, as he hates to be called, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's basically him taking care of his grandfather um, while his parents, who usually do it, are going on vacation, right? Uh-huh. And he's kind of kind of a deadbeat, um, just lost his job at Starbucks and that sort of thing, right? And kind of a nowhere loser sort of dude. Mm-hmm. But if you know, if if I'll be honest, what it really, really, really reminded me of mm-hmm. was Johnny Truant from House of Leaves. This whole book, uh, I'm glad you said that. It, yeah, I could see it, and it reminded me the same. Um, especially later. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, uh, but but it's like the whole narrative of that because like you know House of Leaves is widely regarded as either a masterpiece or the worst piece of shit anyone's ever read, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and I mean, right? But, well, yeah, the, but it, it was pretentious. Where this isn't pretentious, but no, it was also not. an indictment of pretentiousness, which I thought was so great about House of Leaves. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like, I'm on the camp that House of Leaves is like actual, you know, Great. literature. Yeah, we, we <laughs> all liked it. But the interesting yeah. thing is, do you remember me, you and Bob covered it and we all took away different meanings, like a different who wrote the story? Yeah. Of the, yeah God, and I that think m- that's part of the, the part of its appeal. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like th- this let like the writing to me was on that level. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like, okay, if you see the cover art for this book, you're not going to expect that. <laughs> no, no, this cover art, honestly, I, if, if like, let's say it was in an imprint and I was like, all right, we can market this. I would not want that cover art. I think that that's going to put people off. Like, but, but it does attract the right audience too. Yeah, it does. But I mean, I really think like he at least should do like a hardback version or something with like, like beautiful cover art would be amazing. Like, you know, but anyway, like a Hallmark card that you would get your grandfather. Yes. You know, like where they're fishing. Yeah. But, but I'm going to say what, but what I mean is like, this is an extreme horror book, right? Or I mean, like it's. I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. I, I mean, guess. it is. Yeah. It is. And it's gross. <laughs> it's right? super gross. God dog it. Like, damn, is it well done. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of, a lot of gross out horror books are not necessarily that. No. You know, you know what I mean? Like it focuses on the gross out and yeah, that's, that's totally, um, a fine approach. That's mm-hmm. totally a reasonable approach. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this is um, elevated that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. You know, we've read a lot of extreme and a lot of splatterpunk yeah. and that kind of stuff. This, yeah. you know, I, hey, we called it years ago. I know Womb has taken off on TikTok recently and now become like a huge seller. We called it years yeah, we ago. Were, that we book, were on that train first. Yeah, yeah that, that book. <laughs> you especially. Yeah. Even, I, like it was like years before we even covered it on that. Yeah, I read it when it was still Matt Shaw Presents Womb. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it was like when he was uh, publishing other people in, in his black cover series. And yeah. 
Yeah, and the the version I I even bought a paperback because I was like, if this goes anywhere, it's gonna eventually have a different cover because again, he had this cover that was fucked up, and uh, yeah, it's like an umbilical cord and a coat hanger yeah, on the yeah. room, and that's the cover I got. Now it's Man. not; it's like a fancy hotel or fancy, not a fancy hotel, <laughs> super fancy, a, a real <laughs> shitty uh, motel, but like painted and stuff. But yeah, uh, I I think this is up there, like in terms of like. Like, let's say I didn't, I didn't have any expectation. This would have sucked me in, like absolutely, just sucked me in. Like, I, I, I think it just the pacing, the way it's written. You have these characters, like you said, he's just kind of a screw up, and his grandpa's like a racist piece of shit out the beginning. Like he, he like he immediately is just like, you know, I, I never liked my grandpa, blah, blah, blah. He's on hospice, whatever. I'm just kind of killing time. <laughs> right. Like that's kind of it. And so, uh, so like the pacing get grips you from the first page. And honestly, before I knew it, I was halfway through the book, like in one mm-hmm. sitting and not, not planned. Like generally my nights, I don't have a whole lot of uh, free time, so I kind of plan my reading. And this wasn't planned. It was like, oh, okay, Patrick's going to give us a review copy. Sweet. Because I'd been wanting to read it. I have it pre-ordered. It's not out yet, but I have yeah. it pre-ordered on Kindle. And so I was like, hey, dude, uh, I, I, you know, I've already got it pre-ordered. Why don't you sh- shoot us a review copy? He's like, done deal. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, um, but uh uh, but like it grips you from the first page and just sucks you in. And honestly, uh, I think uh, some of this has to do with just this weird, very kind of bottle episode type uh, framework. You know, it, it's all in this one house and uh, it, it, it's some of it has to do with that. And some of it is like, it's the series of events that de- defy like traditional expectations. Like, Every single time you think it's going somewhere, he's he zigs and zags in terms of like what happens. It gets progressively grosser and grosser. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. But by the time that it really hits you with uh-huh. the grossness, you're already so invested in the story. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I I don't know. Like I thought it was like. It was it was also a lot funnier uh-huh. than I was expecting it to be uh-huh. too, you know, because like, yeah, sometimes the gross out books they go for the, for the humor, but like it was like genuinely funny, um, you know, and it was it, I don't know, and and certain things like I I think it portrayed him losing his mind very very well too because mm-hmm. it would be like all of a sudden there would be something in his hand that he didn't remember you know it's like where'd i get this beer from and stuff like that uh-huh. you know um but better written than that <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, it was written so casually you yeah, know what and, i'm saying like it would be like it would be like oh well i don't remember buying beer but better not let it go to waste <laughs> and stuff and it was like so nonchalant about like him going crazy yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's uh, uh, one particular reference that I really like that I don't want to say it because it's gonna spoil it. But I'll tell you what it is later. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that kept making me laugh every time was also kind of uh, you know at least joke type 
uh, was why, it the beans? Yes, the same <laughs> setup as like the stare on Modern Family. Did you ever watch Modern uh-uh. Family? Uh, no. Uh, no. On Modern Family, the entire series, like he, every time he goes down a certain step, he it squeaks and he goes, ah, I've been meaning to fix that. Every time throughout the entire series, right? He just never gets around to fixing the stare. It, same type thing, you know? He, he just always keeps like seeing like just this pile of beans that he spills <laughs> that's progressively getting grosser and grosser. And he's like, ah, oh, I'll clean that up later, you know? Just over and over. Yeah. And then he slips in the beans <laughs> and stuff. I don't know. I mean, we're making it sound like slapsticky. This is hands down one of the grossest books you'll ever read in your entire life. So I want to go ahead and, uh, and preface it with that. But also, it's so... If it wasn't so weird, it would be too gross. And if it wasn't so gross, it would be too weird. Like it, yeah. It's such a weird like dichotomy of things that are grounding the narrative to being like, holy shit, we're just in the mind of a, a psycho person. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and that said, like everyone in this story is a uh, bad. They're all bad people. <laughs> you know, they're all shitty people. He, maybe not the the hospice nurses, but that's yeah. it. I mean, the it, the parents. Because I mean, let's be honest, like you got to be a pretty good person to be a hospice nurse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, they're all bad people, and and yet he pulls off some sort of hat trick where you know. <laughs> You're, you you kind of feel for them, and you're like, oh, man. It's like the, the collective badness of the cat loops back around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> horseshoe theories. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I don't know. It, it, you know, even even at the end, I was rooting for him. Like, how's he going to pull this off? I hope it works out for him. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's obvious from, I don't know, the 55, 60% mark that... It ain't much coming back from where he's going, <laughs> but yeah, it's gross. It's so gross. Um, now that said, uh, you know, cons, uh, I've already said it's the sickest thing I've ever, it's among the sick, the grossest things I've ever read, if not yeah. the, um, and the only other thing I have written down under cons is a likable character character might've been nice. <laughs> Doesn't have to be the protagonist, just any. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I, I, I feel like the gross out though, to me, is it's not a con. Oh no, <laughs> because I mean that's what it that that's the goal. That yeah. was the whole point of the book, right? And you know if if we're ranking it up there with you know some of the other sickest stuff we've ever read. Then a plus job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, yeah. So now that I, I've told you my feelings uh, uh, about this uh, book, I'll give you the quote that I sent him. Um, <clears throat> I, I said, you know, I can't in good conscience give Grandpappy a blind, a blind recommendation to the gin pop, which isn't really a term that I would use, but it was in the text and whatever, you know, like general population. But uh, but for the weirdos, the splatterpunks, and fans of extremes, I think it's requisite reading. It's twisted. It's the twisted bastard child of the nightly disease, House of Leaves, and American Psycho, but much sicker than any of those titles. And it reminded me a lot of Max Booth's uh, nightly disease in terms of like this... this oh, 
reality where you're not sure if the guy's losing his mind, even though he doesn't quite lose it like this. Um, But same thing with American Psycho and Mm -hmm. obviously House of Leaves in more than one way. I had the the Johnny Truant type thing, but also the dimensions. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. That that comes into play later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It does get a little bizarro there at the end. Oh yeah, it gets real bizarre and so gross. I mean, like this is, I mean, this book is just, it's, it's repugnant, you know. But um, but I had a hell of a lot of fun reading reading it. Yeah. Um, that said, I'm actually gonna give it five out of five stars. Really? Yeah. So am I. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, uh, again, I can't recommend this in good conscience to the average person, but if you are into gross shit or extreme or uh, splatterpunk, I mean, this is a well-deserved five out of five stars. Yeah, I mean, it was was like, I don't know, it was just such a... I don't know, the character was just so well-defined, you know? And it's like, you read the whole thing in his voice... It was super consistent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I can't wait. This book comes out. When does it the come 5th. out? July fifth. Um, I cannot wait to see people's reactions to it. It's <laughs> yeah. going to. God, I I know that it's going to get a lot of five stars and a lot of one stars on Amazon. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know that there's really a. Uh, a, a any other way to do it <laughs> sorry i had i had only i only highlighted two things on in the book one of them was one that's a spoilery and then one of them was the house is creaking like an old creaky house <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, loved it. I, loved it. <laughs> I think i literally laughed out loud at that. <laughs> yeah yeah Oh man, yeah, I I, I needed uh, that book in terms of like just something that was just super just fun to read, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, that's the book that's I the needed. Fun to read. <laughs> <laughs> what a palate cleanser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, well, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, that's a two pretty good things on the episode. Yeah. Yeah, two unreliable narrators. I feel like we need to watch something or read something really bad for next season. <laughs> <laughs> we could always, it, the R.L. Stein palate cleanser always works. No, but this is not October. Uh, who cares? Summer of bumps. Now it is. <laughs> Summer of bumps. <laughs> oh, God. We start, doing, we start doing June and July and October. <laughs> <laughs> just it's the audience cleanser more than anything like. that, would, that would ruin everything it's <laughs> uh, like one month is bad enough but like three <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah especially since we've only been putting out basically like a show a month <laughs> like yeah. three shows a year uh yeah that's good um all right well we'll see you next time <laughs>